Now, as the Lord laid upon my heart this morning that I should minister around the theme or the topic called Moonwalker. Now, some of you probably saw the video that I posted on on Servant Summit. Connie sent me a message. He asked me, um, "Why did you send that thing? Um, you know, Michael Jackson dancing there, doing the moonwalk." But I said to her, "No, there's there's method in the madness there." And um, let's turn to Matthew chapter thirteen, verse twenty-four. To verse 13. Matthew chapter 13. And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of God is likened unto a man which sows a good seed in the field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did not thou sow good seed in your field? From whence then has it tares? He said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servants said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? And he said, Nay. Lest while we gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Verse 30. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now you're probably asking, what does this portion of scripture got to do with Moonwalker? Um, as the spirit lead, we'll get there, what it's got to do with Moonwalker. So I don't know if you know something about me, but when I grew up in Genadendal, small town, I used to be a Michael Jackson impersonator. You might not believe this, yes. I had the curly perm, I had the hat, I had the saw, the shoes, I had the big white socks, I had the three-quarter black pants, I had the glove. And one of the basic things that you first want to do before singing like Michael Jackson, because I could never sing like Michael Jackson, was to do the legendary moonwalk. That was the first thing. I'm not going to moonwalk here today, Well, I know you're waiting for it. I'm not going to moonwalk today. I'm not going. The stage is not ready for it. So the moonwalk was one of the things that you really wanted to do. Everyone wanted to do the moonwalk. So Michael Jackson, you know, he grew up. I even know his birthday was 29th of August, you know, Gary Indiana, Mother Catherine, Father Joe, you know. First album that he was independent was Ben, the song Ben. was actually about his mouth that the father killed, you know. He loved Diana Rose, but we're not going to go in there. But I was a Michael Jackson impersonator. Now the moonwalk, it takes years of refinement to do properly, you know. It is the best move you could ever see in entertainment. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> the moonwalk is impressive to copy. It is also impressive to practice. The moonwalk is very pleasing to the eye. Once you see it and you see Michael doing it, it's almost like he's standing still in one place but he's moving. The moonwalk is very aesthetic. You know, when you look at it, you want to do it. You desire to do it. You want to moonwalk. The moonwalk is great for the stage and it's great for the entertainment but I've got a problem with the moonwalk the moonwalk 
is practically not functional in everyday loving. Do you agree? Mumu always fails when it comes to practicality because it's an impractical move. To, you don't go to the shop at pick and pay and then you moonwalk back, you know, with your, with, your, with your shopping bags and you put it in the car. You walk forward. Something about the moonwalk that I've realized as the Lord spoke to me is just a glorified way of walking backwards. Moonwalk don't take you anywhere in life but backwards. Philippians 3 verse 13 says, Forgetting what is behind me and reaching to those things that are before me. Moonwalkers live in yesterday. They have accused me in 2021, so I am still having bolavanga every day for something they said in 2018. Moonwalkers don't know how to move on. This is 2023. You can't be up moonwalking back to 2007, back to 2016, back to 2015. Someone has hurt you. I agree. It caused you pain. It caused you hurt. But you are stuck in 2015 because of what someone did to you. And the Lord says to you, reach out to what is laying ahead of you. You can't be a moonwalker still stuck in the past, still stuck in your pain, so stuck in the things that people said unto you when you were in primary school. Moonwalkers are there to please the crowd. The Bible says in Galatians, Galatians 1 verse 10, do I seek to please people or do I seek to please God? You know when some people, I'm not saying the saints do that, I've heard this what the world is doing. So when the one lady goes to the other lady, they have this conversation about their men. Now sometimes I like to eavesdrop. No, he did this to me and he did that to me. And the man will say, no, she did this to me and that to me. And then her friend or his friend will remind him or her what the spouse or the lover or the partner did to them in 2004. I said to myself, that must be a moonwalker. Walking back to 2004, digging up old things to present you in 2023. We move on. It might be a painful process. It might be a process that have caught you hurt. But we cannot be stuck in the past like moonwalkers. Moonwalking back to 1984 with no results in our lives. Moonwalkers get stuck with what looks pleasing on the outside and not pleasing on the inside. God corrected the prophet when he anointed David. And as he was looking on the outside, God says that I do not look on the outside, but I look on what is on the inside. As like Remora advertency is not inside, it's on top. But D as inside, as you're on top. Moonwalkers are double-minded. Like James said, a double-minded person is a doubtful person. One day you're in the kingdom, the other day you're not in the kingdom. The one day you are so hot, the one day you are so... Because you have shoes fit for moonwalking. Say moonwalk world. That's a moonwalk. You'll take moonwalk. your family, you just want to moonwalk. This morning I was embroiled in a conversation with one of my colleagues. And he said to me, you know what Kevin? Years ago, there were so much funds available for us to do our things. But that were the good old days. Moonwalkers always talk 
about the good old days. The golden 80s. You know, the roaring 90s. I don't know. Uh, millenniums, millenniums. A moonwalker is easily defeated. Because the moonwalker has not realized that God has provided a means of escape with every temptation, with every heartache, with every difficulty, with every pain, with everything that is thrown against you as a saint, as a child of God. There's always a means of escape. But let us walk together this morning away from moonwalking and let us see how the Israelites did some moonwalking of themselves. Numbers 11 verse 5. Numbers 11 verse 5. So saints, this is not something new. This is something that's coming on for years now. Michael Jackson might have pre, um, 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 invented the move. But the Israelites before him, they went into a state of moonwalking. So the Israelites said to Moses and to Aaron, We remember... The fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons, and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. The Israelites complained on their way to the promised land, not understanding that the little suffering that they are in now. Is nothing compared to the eternal weight of glory that lays ahead of them. We remember the fish so easily. Every weekend there was a braai. I didn't have to take out money out of my pocket. The car tank was full every weekend. Now when I drive, the light is on. It was better for me to be in the world because there was always money. People always remember the fish of the world. But they do not understand that they are heading to a place where fish is nothing. You are headed to a place where there's eternity like you have never seen in your life before. They remember the fish, but they forget about the slave master that killed them. We remember the fish so easily, but we forget that these people were actually there to kill us. So Lauren Hill said, Killing me softly with the cucumber and my first moonwalkers. The Israelites were the first moonwalkers. We did not Michael Jackson and Israelites was there. I'm not gonna delve too long on moonwalking because that's not important. We get the crux. Let me show you how we ought to walk as believers going into 2023. As we are being led by the Spirit of the Lord. We walk in the Spirit. We follow His direction. Wherever He goes, we will follow. Enoch, in Genesis 5, verse 24, it says that Enoch walked with God. God took him. His whole existence was centered around God. Our whole existence must be centered around who Christ is, what He has done for us, how He's living inside of us. Romans 6, verse 4 declares... We should walk in the newness of life. Verse 5. For we have been planted together in the likeliness of his death. 
so we shall also be in the likeliness of his resurrection. So we have been walking in the newness of life. What is the newness of life? That is a big term. What is the newness of life? Now I'll go to the opposite of the newness of life and explain to what the newness of life is. 2 Timothy 3 verse 5, there's a great warning that comes out in the end times. The Bible says, this people will have a form of godliness, but they will deny the power thereof. The newness of life means this. You don't only appear to be holy, you are holy. You don't only appear to have compassion, you are compassionate. You don't only appear to be in right standing with God, you are in right standing of God. You are a peacemaker. You are the one that goes out to others and will comfort them. We walk in the power of God's Spirit every single day of our lives. We live holy lives. We live godly lives. We are being peaceful in every situation that has been thrown at us. That is walking in the newness of life. It means whatever life throws at us, we know that we have a Savior. We know that we have a Redeemer that loves. We know that He's the great I Am. We know that He is the great Shepherd. The only Shepherd. Romans 13, verse 13 to 14, brings me to such a beautiful point. Bible says, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness, or not in chambering or your secret things or wantonness, um, desiring, coveting, not in strife and envying. But the Bible says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the desires or the lust thereof. The greatest opponent for being led by the Spirit is being led by our flesh. Many times we blame the enemy, we blame Satan for everything, but many times our own desires, what we want. You know the most dangerous thing that God can do to any human being? There's two. The one is to send a strong delusion unto you that you might believe a lie. And the other one is to give you over to yourself. Those are the two most dangerous things that the Lord can do to you. And that happens when you willfully rebel against the Spirit of the Lord. When you willfully rebel against the voice of the Lord, then the Lord will send you a strong delusion. Now, I can tell you, I can say, Don't give me over to myself. I don't know what I'll do. I'll destroy my life. I'll destroy my family. I'll destroy everything around me. Rather, allow me to be given over unto your spirit and the way that your spirit guide me. Those are very dangerous things. The Old Testament King Saul was a great example of this. When the anointing and the Spirit of the Lord departed and the presence of the Lord departed away from him because he, he got into situations that he did not obey the voice of God. So we must make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now the Bible doesn't say provide for you. You know when people read this, they're like, ah, what does it mean? I must make no provision for the flesh. It means I mustn't go to work. No, it's not what it says. It says to fulfill the lust thereof. Because the flesh and the spirit, they had war with one another. At times, the Lord will say to us, do one thing, and then we argue with the Lord. No, it should be like this. It shouldn't be like this. The flesh is the greatest enemy. And the more we walk 
in the Spirit. The more the Spirit leads us, the less we become. Turn with me briefly to 1 Corinthians 3 verse 3. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 3. Like I said, the greatest enemy of us being led by the Spirit, it's our own flesh. Verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 3. So this is a question that Paul poses to the Corinthian church. Because there was some division and some envying and some strife in the Corinthian church. And he asked this question, For you are yet carnal. For where is there is among you envying and strife and divisions? Are you not carnal and walk as men? Or walk according to the traditions of men? Or walk according to the flesh? Now a moonwalker is a person that goes to a restaurant and he orders on the menu, huh, I don't, I want that as a stuff and I don't want that. And you check when you, when you order, let me teach you something, when you go to a restaurant and you order, check the price also next to it. Because, yeah, it becomes, one day I had an American friend coming over and um, I hope he doesn't hear this, Andy. Um, I was probably not supposed to say his name, but anyways, he came and I took him out and I said, um, Andy, what do you want to eat? He ate at home. First of all, he ate at home. And my mom had red velvet left. He ate there as well. So he ate at home, really, and then he ate the, the cake as well. And then he says, no, let's go out. I said, yes, let's go out. I took him to the spur. And then I thought the guys was going to have a burger and chips. He says, no, we're going to start at the start. I'm like checking my budget already. I'm like, yo, Diman Khan, he just ate at home, Okay. He says, no, I'm going to start with the buffalo wings. He check your brother. That is my meal already. My, I'm checking the telly on the menu, right? He says, okay, now I'm thinking it's finished. He says, no, um, I'm going to order mains, Kevin. I check, oh, brother, you're hurting me here. Right after that, he orders the mains. He finishes the ribs and the stuff. Then I think, okay, we need to go now, Andy. Andy says, no, what about waffles? I'm like, yo, Andy. I'm going to kill the whiskey. So Andy is done And then Andy said to me Kevin you know what I really would love to see this new That time The new Marvel movie came out I really want to see this movie And because I'm at Andy I'm with Andy To the movies And then Andy came to the movies And he said You know I want the coke And I want popcorn <laughs> And then Andy has got the audacity To ask me Aren't you hungry? <laughs> so a moonwalker Is like someone going to the restaurant Not noticing the price and just doing this. Yeah. Okay, I want this. Okay, I want this. And I want this. The one who is led by the Spirit eats everything that comes out of the Word of God and realize there is a cost to following Christ. The moonwalker don't know there's a cost. But the moonwalker will quote Jeremiah 29 verse 11. But then that same moonwalker don't want to repent of their sins to experience Jeremiah 29 verse 11 over their lives. Because that verse is reserved for the children of God. No worldly person can lay claim to that verse because they are not under the blessing of God. 
But yet we say to the, to the world, no, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, you know, Acts 2 verse 38, you need to repent, you need to be baptized, you need to receive the Holy Spirit as a gift, or you go to Romans 10, that says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Christ, that He died for you and is raised up by the power of God, then you will be saved. And that gives you the ticket for Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For we walk by faith and not by sight. If you moonwalk, you have to look where you are walking or else you stumble and fall. This week I received a call from a call center. Now if some of you are working in a call center, I humble apologize. I'm not throwing any shade or any, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying what I experienced from the call center. So the lady phoned me and I said to the lady with all politeness, unfortunately I'm not interested in spending more money. And she said to me in this conversation, that you know what sir, this year a lot of people's houses are going to be repossessed. She said to me, you know sir, that recession is coming towards South Africa. Do you know, sir, that many households will be left without food on their table? There will be rolling blackouts. There will be a national shutdown of electricity. I said to this lady, I walk by faith. Even if things come against me, I believe in the God of the Bible. And this was my direct words. Isaac and Abraham, they put a seed in the ground while there was a drought. And God came through for them. Do not let the world threaten you with the economic situation of this country. Don't let this world threaten you about the conditions of our society and our communities. Don't let this world threaten you what might happen in 23. I know a God that says we walk by faith and not by sight. You can see the storm approaching. But when the Lord says you move through that storm, we say as the Spirit leads, I am going forward, Lord. I am not turning my back. The world can threaten you with everything. But the Lord is with you, saints. Because we walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16. We're almost there, saints. We're almost there. Praise the Lord. This is the most powerful verse that I read this week. This is the most powerful verse that I read this week. It says, you are the temple. You are the temple. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 16. The Bible says, And what agreement is the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. I will read it to you again so you can understand and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I will be reading this part that says, For you are the temple. For you are the temple of the, of the living God or the temple of the Holy Spirit. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This verse ought to have moved you out of your seat right now. 
Because the loving God, He not only dwells in you, but He walks in you. Do you understand what that means? It means you have the ability to pray for eyes that are blinded and it will open. You have the ability to pray for the lame and they will walk. You have the ability to lay your hands on the deaf and they will hear. This verse ought to have made you to shout hallelujah. Because the one who heals cancer, he loves and he walks in you. The one who heals any deadly disease, he walks in you. Wherever you walk, he walks with you. Jesus don't need to moonwalk. Because he walks on water while there is a storm. He don't need moonwalking. Because he walks on water when there is a storm. Today in Jesus name, I know some of you experience a big storm starting 2023. I'm here to remind you in the name of Jesus that the one who walks on water in a storm is walking in you. He is walking in you. He is calling you like he called Peter. Come. 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 The waves must be raging. The finances might be raging. The family life might be raging. But the Lord said by spirit today. Come. And you will walk like I am walking. Because the loving God walks in you. Don't you want to experience a little bit of peace? Don't you want to experience the one who says to your storm, Peace, be still. Peace, be still over those sleepless nights. Peace, be still over that pain you are experiencing in your emotions and in your body. Peace, be still over that worry about your finances. Peace, be still over your relationships and over your families. Peace, be still. The one who walks in the midst of a storm, is walking inside of you. And this brings me to my text. Matthew 13, verse 24 to 30. The Bible records a parable that the Master is sharing with us. Beautiful parable. Says the kingdom of God is likened unto a man which sows a good seed in the field. So this parable is about the kingdom of God, where we find ourselves in his kingdom. So there's good seed. The man goes out to sow good seed. But verse 23 says, Men slept, the laborers slept, and then the enemy came to sow also a seed which is tares amongst them and went his way. Isn't that what the enemy sometimes do? He plants something, then he goes away. Look what the enemy has done. He just plants something, then he goes away. And we end up destroying ourselves here over something that the enemy has planted and is on his way. And we are still dealing with the aftermath of what the enemy has done. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. Our fight is not against our brother and our sister. But though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are mighty, they are of God. So when someone offends you, forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. Reconcile quickly. 
Live in peace with all people as much as you can. Verse 26 says, But when the blade was sprung up, and it brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So I would like to speak to business leaders, I would like to speak to pastors, I would like to speak to those who are in ministry and in leadership, I would even speak to those that are in leadership at their homes. If in the kingdom of God, both wheat and tares grow at the same time, what do you think what's happening in the congregation? I don't think you hear what I'm saying. Maybe it's too deep. This is happening in the kingdom of God. Where all righteousness dwells. Where His power dwells. So when this happens in the kingdom of God, what is happening in the local congregation? There's wheat and there's tears. But as a leader, we get fixated with the tears. We get fixated about who's not doing what, who's not doing why, who's not doing this. But both of them grow together. This is a warning to the church. It says those who will be led this year by the Spirit will grow. But those who have been led by the flesh will also grow. It depends if you have a mentality of a moonwalker. Then you'll become a tear. And if you have the mentality of walking through your storm. With Christ walking in you, then you are going towards that place where the Spirit is leading you. So there's wheat and tears. So the angels or, or, or the harvesters or the laborers, they were eager in anticipation, verse 27. They said, Sir, you see this good seed in your field. Where did the tears come from? An enemy has done this, verse 28. And the servant said unto him, Will you let us gather them up? So the laborers or the angels are eager to put in the sickle to take out the tares. But listen to hey, this verse. This verse. This verse blew my mind. Verse 29 and verse 30. It says, No. Lest you gather up the tares, you root also the wheat with you, with them. Verse 13. This is what I want to say to company leaders and those going into business and those who are in ministry and those in your own family. Don't just think in your family there's only good seed. There's tears also there. But listen to what the Bible says. Let both grow together until the harvest. This is a hard saying. This is a hard saying. In your household, you can preach the gospel to a person every single day. If that person rejects the gospel... It is time that you don't give up. You still preach the gospel, but you understand. Let them both grow together. Because you're going to have sleepful, peaceful nights. Because now you are worried about the tears. While we're supposed to worry about those who are growing with us. Those who are walking in the Spirit with us. Those who are led by the Spirit to get into the barn. Let them both grow together. They want to moonwalk. We're not giving up on them. We're not giving up on anyone. We will correct. We will encourage. We will motivate. We will bring them back to the word. But if you bring the word to them and they moonwalk away, they will also grow. So this morning, I would really want to ask you this question. Are you still in a state of moonwalking.
Where, where do you find yourself? Are you still going back to 1920 with your hurt and with your pain? Are you facing a storm in your life that you think it is insurmountable? I want to encourage you what Corinthians says. That the living God, He dwells in you. And He walks in you. Can we just close our eyes briefly, saints?